0: yes we are back this is season two episode 57 of the mastering marriage podcast uh and today we're going to talk about something that uh every uh spouse should want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) i know that's weird but uh listen we'll get to that in a minute (laughs) My name is David Taylor, and I am here in the booth with my co-host, my wife, Mandy Blair. How you doing today, baby? Hey, y'all. I'm doing great. You're doing great? Yeah. How That's about you... you? Hey, I'm good. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot going on, a lot of information to cover today. Yes, we do. Um, and we're going to talk about marriage and porn.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is a topic that needs the lid blown off. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna
0: we're gonna blow the lid off of this one uh um, we have a lot of information to talk about today so you know we're gonna dive right in but before i do i do want to give a shout out to our patrons those who are supporting the show
1: yes thank um, you
0: guys yes thank you we've had a few trickle in we're gonna continue to you know encourage those at the end of the show we'll you know, have something for you guys to listen to. But thank you for everybody who are supporting, who's supporting the show. Because we, you know, we really want to grow this thing and we can't do it without Right, we need you. So yes, now that we have the formalities out the way, um, I'm not going to even, you know, waste any time. You know, we got to dive right into this one. (laughs) Because, you know, whenever the topic of porn comes up, it's one of those taboo topics that people don't really like to discuss. So, and usually the taboo topics are the ones that really need to be addressed. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know, like I said, this topic—the topic of pornography, porn—yeah, mm-hmm. um, probably doesn't get enough airtime. Uh, right. You won't hear too many married married couples talking about this in, in a more vulnerable way. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna try to go where most people won't go today mm-hmm. so mandy i hope you ready i'm ready to how go about where, you I, hey i'm good this is i'm excited about this actually you know yeah. there's no shame in my game so right um today we're going to expose a prevalent concern that slowly erodes the very foundation of marriages and of course that concern is porn mm-hmm. pornography uh so and i'll just start by saying this over the last few months uh, there's been a surge of individuals reaching out to us uh for both counseling and consulting, mm-hmm. um, specifically concerning pornography. Mm-hmm. And as of late, it has been the husbands whose private habits have been exposed. And as a result, they're requiring, you know, some additional, uh, help to break this common habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll just kind to overview what we're going to talk about and then we're going to dive right in. So today we're going to talk, you know, both Mandy and I will share how we met porn and mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll discuss why people wrestle with porn despite being married, Mm -hmm. right? Cause you would think, you know, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you think (laughs) being married is not an issue. Slow down, slow down. Yeah. (laughs) And then lastly, we're going to discuss three of the many main areas, just three, because I know this is going to be a lot of time that we're going to, you know, take on this show. So we're not going to have enough time to go through all of them, but just three of the main areas that. Porn impacts the most inside of a marriage, mm-hmm. and what needs to happen in all three of those areas in order to break free of porn's influence mm-hmm. so but let me let me start by sharing with you guys some crazy stats on porn now, some of these stats you may know, some of them you may never have heard of, and it may blow your mind mm-hmm. uh, so the porn industry generates thirteen billion dollars each year mm. thirteen do you know what thirteen billion dollars could do for the economy? A whole, whole lot. Yes. And it generates $13 billion each year. Wow. Uh One in five mobile searches, meaning people on their phone, one in five searches on your phone, not maybe your phone, but <laughs> it may be your phone, are for porn. Mm-hmm. So one in five mobile searches are for porn. 64% of Christian men, yep, y'all say mm-hmm. folk, and 15% of Christian women say that they watch porn at least once a month. Now, those are the ones that say exactly. it. Exactly. That's I was about to say that these are people that actually admit it to wow. it. So, the stats are much higher because most Christians ain't going to admit that they watch porn. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, here's another one. 9 out of 10 boys are exposed to porn before the age of 18. Yeah. So, before they so reach the ripe age of 18, they are exposed to porn. Six out of 10 girls are exposed to porn before the ripe age of 18. Mm. Um, so the stats are a little lower for, for girls, but it's still I mean, high. percent over half. Yeah. And 90% of dudes. It's crazy. Mm. Here's another one. Happily married men are 61% less likely to look at porn. Mm. So the quality of marriage does impact a person's desire for porn. Mm. Just to put that out there. And then 56% of divorce cases involve one party having an obsessive interest in porn sites. So if you, if you look at the amount of divorces that take place, a little over half of those cases involve a person who has an obsessive interest in porn sites. So Mm. porn can destroy marriages. Yes. So that's, those are some interesting stats. These are just a few about the impact of porn. Uh, But I brought them up to say that my guess is that if you haven't struggled with porn, You have at least been exposed to it and as a result had to deal with certain temptations. Mm -hmm. And I also bring these stats up to point out the fact that your marriage has most likely been impacted by porn in some way, be it through your perception of sex, your preference in the style of sex, the frequency by which you have sex, and or your personal perception of your own sexual attractiveness. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the ways that Porn has most likely impacted your marriage. And I know for me, David Taylor, Mm -hmm. I met porn at the tender age of 12. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pre-teens. Yeah. I met porn. And I'll just kind of share with you briefly how I met porn. And then Mandy, if you don't mind, I would Mm -hmm. like for you to share with the listeners how you met porn. Right. Uh, Because our experiences are different, but I mean, this is interesting stuff. And while I'm talking about this, I want you guys to be thinking about how did you actually meet porn? What At what stage in your life were you when you uh, had an in- encounter with Yeah, porn? when you were
1: exposed to
0: it. Yeah, for me, so I was 12 and it happened to be a day where me and my three sisters, we were playing hide and seek in the house. And we lived in a moderately sized house where there was an, up- an upstairs, a downstairs, an attic, a basement. So, you know, we had the whole house to roam. And this one particular day, I decided to hide in my mom's walk-in closet. Yeah. And this is when she was married to uh, a stepdad. I think it was the third marriage. I'm trying to remember, but it don't really matter. But the point is, I I have to bring that up because what I discovered was not my mom's, it was my stepdad's. So I have to bring that up for that. But so... um, We were, I was in the closet hiding away from my sisters and I was like, man, I found the best place because ain't nobody going to figure out that I snuck into my, because you're not supposed to go in your mom's room, by the Mm -hmm. way, and you're not supposed to go in your mom's room. So you definitely not supposed to go in no closed door inside of your mom's room. Right. And I snuck into the closet, hid there, stumbled across a box and the box was full of VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm 12, so I'm like, okay. Curious. Yeah, I'm curious. These are boxes. (laughs) There's no labels on them, so I don't know what's on it, but I would like to know what's on these boxes, what's in these tapes, these VCR tapes. So I pull out one, and my mom had a VCR in her bedroom. Um, You know, y'all know how those go. And so I put the tape in, and lo and behold, I was introduced to – something that would change my life forever. I saw, you know, naked men and naked women and a man pleasing a woman with his penis and sounds. And it it was just so much visual stimulation, but it, it immediately aroused a desire inside of me that's inside of all of us, right. but it, it aroused it at a young age. Yeah, And from that day, I would go on to look out for opportunities where I could see more of that. And yeah. it also taught me, how the importance of a man's penis to his masculinity, mm-hmm. right? And how men um, use their penises to pleasure women and how women desire that for men. Yeah. And so it taught me a lot of uh, notions about, right? Because I didn't have my dad there. So I learned a lot of notions fr- from that about the perception of sexuality, the perception of masculinity and how uh, penises relate to life. Mm-hmm. But that was my experience and I would go on to, you know, wrestle with porn all the way up so from the age of 12 all the way up to my mid 20s. Actually up to getting married with Mandy and we were able to have a discussion about it, but mm-hmm. um I was I, I wrestled with it for years, for mm-hmm. actually over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just the tip of my story. But Mandy, how did you meet porn?
1: Um for me, uh I actually found um magazines um in a family member's closet. Um and um always the closet. It's always the closet. So yeah, I had another <laughs> yeah. c- closet situation. Back in the 90s. Um yeah. And so that definitely just like David peaked my arousal um at a very young age. I also was about 12 when that happened. Um, and that along with other things that happened to me when I was younger, you know, really opened up my sexuality at a very young age. Mm. Um, and you know, later on, you know, after finding the magazines, I found tapes and would, you know, look at them and, you know, sneak and watch and that type of thing. Mm. Um, so of course it made me very curious at that young age, you know, about sex. Um, and see. um I know for me uh hold on <laughs> no, Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me you paused, so I thought
0: you was done no that's okay I was just still Dutch.
1: thinking I'm double <laughs> dutching a little bit jumping in now um but also for me you know it was a struggle over the years um mm-hmm. because that was not the only exposure I had to it um I remember finding a uh, pornographic magazine just I guess it was garbage and it was just laying in the yard of one of my family member's houses. And I picked it up and saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had, um, friends who had whose houses I went over at a young age who would turn on, you know, uh, HBO and it would be different stuff on. I'm like, well, what is this? So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of different times where I was exposed to it and I struggled as well, Mm -hmm. um, over the years, um, into the marriage as well.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's interesting because again, like, We don't often think about the impact of porn on our marriage, but it starts usually at a young age and then it goes with us. It's like a ball and chain Mm. that if we don't get rid of, it starts to contaminate things. And it's funny you bring up the magazine stuff because I remember, and this had to be maybe my freshman year in high school. I found a outside laying around. It was just like a um, a picture of little Kim and she was in this provocative pose. Mm -hmm. And and that was, you know, for me at that age, it was very alluring. So I picked it up, folded it, and hid it in my sock drawer. Um, And I would go back to that picture every now and again to look at it. And I don't think, I think, I don't know if that's when I was introduced to masturbation, but I know at some point Mm -hmm. it it escalated from just watching those videos to, you know, masturbation. I think masturbation came in place when, when I kind of was exposed to the internet. Okay. Um, because I, cause that's when we had gotten our first uh, IBM ThinkPad laptop with the little round mouse thingy. <laughs> and uh, I I used to go, and that's when you had the AOL dial-up internet. And mm-hmm. I would I, somehow, I don't know how I found stumbling of into porn sites on the internet, but, you know, you always stumble. It, it's like six degrees of separation. Any query will eventually point you to a place. Or a pop-up or yeah, something. Yeah, something. And so it's just funny how that always works. But yeah. then it, it goes with us. And then in marriage, you know, we it starts to impact things. So
1: especially if you feel like not desired or accepted exactly. in your marriage sexually.
0: Yeah, or like yourself, you where you your sexual appetite was probably aroused uh even more because of, you know, being molested. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, so imagine you, the listener, if you've gone through something like that, Mm -hmm. it can, it can enhance it or amplify Mm -hmm. it, take it to the next level. Right. You know, and I mean, I've worked with, I used to be a therapist for sex offenders and most of these, and they were teenage and and kids. So like think from the age of like 10 up to 18 Mm -hmm. and most of them were sexually perpetrated on. And so then they were sexually reactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just the stories that like, I could, I would learn. And it can happen
1: both ways, you know, it can happen where it totally makes you pull away from sex if Mm -hmm. you're molested or it makes you dive into it deep, more deeply. Yeah. So the well
0: always goes deeper. It's like any addiction, it starts off light and then you have to go, you always go to the deep end. Yeah. You know, so you move from light sex and pictures to light sex to, you know, stuff that is just even more diabolical. That I'm not even going to spend time talking about. But anyway, um, let's shift gears because I want to I want to kind of focus a little bit of our time on um, why people wrestle with porn, Mm -hmm. and then I want to talk about why people in marriage wrestle with porn. So um, let me let me break down some common misnomers about porn, so that if you or your spouse is struggling with porn in secret, you can be better equipped to discuss this taboo topic Mm -hmm. without judging or rejecting your spouse Mm -hmm. and also so that you don't get offended by this seemingly offensive behavior Mm -hmm. because, and then that's what makes porn so taboo is because it's offensive to a lot of people.
1: Yeah.
0: Even though a lot of people have wrestled with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like this secret desire and a secret hidden issue that most people don't know how to express. And so they hide behind the offense of it instead Mm -hmm. of really being open and vulnerable about it. Exactly. You know, And, 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 One of the things I want you guys to remember uh, is that the key to any level of honest disclosure in a marriage is safety and security, right? Right. right. It it is your responsibility, whether you are guilty of porn or not, it is your responsibility to do what it takes to create a safe place inside of your marriage so that healing can be found. Mm -hmm. Healing is often found in safety and security, right? So uh, let's, let's go a little deeper with this. Let's move on and go a little deeper. So, So the reason why people wrestle with porn is because of idolatrized sexual desires. Mm -hmm. See, when appeasing your sexual desires takes precedence, it turns into lust, Mm -hmm. right? So porn is merely a target by which most people aim their misguided sexual desires. So Mm -hmm. porn isn't the problem. It's a means to an end or a solution or an outlet or a destination. Mm -hmm. I call it porn land. Hmm. But porn is the easiest target for lust. So, okay, just kind of follow me. Mm -hmm. So once a person engages in porn enough, it becomes a habit. Right. And once that habit is something that is uh, nurtured and groomed, it becomes an addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, not all habits are addictions, but Mm -hmm. they can be. Right. Right. So think about it like this. People are often attracted to porn because sex is natural it's healthy, and it's a stimulating experience. Right. Right. So sex is not a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Having a desire for sex is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Being sexually attracted to a person of the opposite sex is not a bad thing. Right. None of that, all of that is healthy. Mm -hmm. That's how God designed us. God designed man to be sexually attracted to woman and woman to be sexually attracted to man. That's all that is woman. Yeah. And so those, a lot of times people try to suppress that and then it comes out in a very... Uh, distorted way. Right. But it's, it's healthy and natural to have a sexual desire and even a sexual urge for mm-hmm. the opposite sex. Right. That's how we're wired genetically in our DNA. That's mm-hmm. how we are wired. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just want to put that out there. Even my 12 year old self was immediately attracted to porn because I knew deep down inside that sex was a good thing. Right. Same thing for me. And sex is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but even, and even my 12 year old self knew that. It was some. I didn't know, but I knew. Nobody taught me, but it was just like, when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Um, again, a desire for sex is not a bad thing. It's Mm -hmm. how we are wired. Mm -hmm. However, it's when that desire becomes misguided that it becomes lust and therefore something that can and will be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. See, when something becomes an idol, it takes priority over other priorities or other Mm -hmm. over other healthy things. Yeah. And when you're, uh, Idolatrize sexual desires, um, take precedence over other things that should be at the seat of your life. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes something that mm-hmm. is that's good, you know, dangerous for you. That is so true. Now, now let's take this a step further and talk about why people still struggle with porn, even though you're married mm-hmm. and. You would think that with all the free booty. Okay, let me let's say that. I mean, I'm sorry. You would think that with all the free sex that marriage <laughs> promises. I'm oh, sorry, slip, free booty. But <laughs> well, I'm just saying. You would think <sighs> with the with the free sex that marriage promises that there should be a decrease in porn, right? That's what you would think. <laughs> sorry, it just slipped out. I just I forgot where I was at. It's I true. He say free hey, booty, but rated in for marriage. You rated. <laughs> Just saying, just got to be honest. But let's be, let's, the the real, the truth of it is, it's not the case, right? Let me ask you guys, the listeners, a question. Uh, Do you remember the main fears that men wrestle with in marriage? What about the main fears that a woman will wrestle with in marriage? I want you guys to think about that. What is the main fears that men wrestle with? It's, there's two. There's two main fears that men wrestle with, and there's one main fear that women wrestle with inside of a marriage. Um, Don't worry if you can't remember because I'm about to give you the answer. Um, So here's the thing. Most, if not all men, will at some point in life, and especially in their marriage, wrestle with the fear of two things. Those fears are the fear of being inadequate and the fear of being incompetent. Meaning, most men secretly fear not being enough for their wives. And then they equally secretly fear not knowing how to be the man that their marriage needs, especially if they never got the model. Mm -hmm. Now these fears also relate to many other aspects of a man's life outside of marriage. Uh, But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to direct it towards marriage. Uh, Let me say it this way. Most men are often reduced down to their penis.
1: Mm. Yeah. Just that simple,
0: just that simple we're we're reduced down to our penis. I remember our Johnson <laughs> because we often have an external view of masculinity, us men measure our masculinity based on things outside of us, our mm-hmm. jobs, our cars, our house, our muscles, our money, and even our penis, right, and when everything else is falling apart around us, we usually resort to pleasuring our penis through porn. Because porn gives us access to something that our life cannot provide to us. Mm, That's so deep and true. Yeah. I really hope
1: (laughs) husbands out there listening to this and taking it in.
0: Wives, if your husband ain't listening, share this message with him. Yeah. Okay. And this is not a condemnation message, by the way. This is not not, at all. Like this message. And this is why I want to make sure you guys grasp this. Because Mandy and I, we're not going to have the porn and sin discussion. This is nah, not what we're going to talk uh-uh. about.
1: We both have been there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we know the struggle. Nah.
0: So this is, don't worry about us at any point saying porn is sin and it's an abomination or going to the Bible because we, we you guys know where that is spiritually where mm-hmm. this is, this is going to help you overcome the issues Yes, and exactly. understand how to have a, a healthy conversation with something that's probably going on. So true. Yeah. So here's the thing that porn promises, porn promises to deliver something very valuable, by the way, Guess what porn promises to deliver? What's that? (laughs) It promises to deliver to us the key ingredients to our faulty notion of masculinity. It Mm -hmm. promises us perfection and control. Two things that most men, all men lack in the real world. Perfection and control. Wow. See, in the mythical land of porn land, which... You have probably visited, if you know, mythical in that land mythical of land of porn land. In the mythical land of porn men are often in control of everything, right? Mm. They are the dominators, and their penises are the tools that they use to provide pleasure. Along with that, the conditions are always perfect. No smells. <laughs> no nothing. <laughs> See, think about this: in porn land, the women no hair are. Huh? The women are beautiful. (laughs) The women are perfectly put together. They're always into you. They're always pleased by you. And there's always a plentiful source of sexual women. Right? In porn land, there's always excess. Mm -hmm. And everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. And while men are there, they ain't thinking about their penis size. They're not thinking about the boss that just demoted them or the fact that their marriage is falling apart. Right. See, when men are in porn land, Right? Because those things will bring you to the gates of porn land, but but when when men are in porn land, what keeps them there is how perfect the terrain is. Mm -hmm. Perfection is a distraction from pain. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to get this. Especially as it relates to your marriage. Perfection is a distraction from pain. Mm -hmm. Men escape the pain, the monotony, and the failures of life by resorting to porn because of that magical city. See, in porn land, they are king, they are conqueror, and guess what? They are also God, mm. yeah, I said that now, I'm not saying that they feel that they're God in real life, mm-hmm. right, but in Portland, they are God,
1: mm-hmm. is they're in control they're
0: control of everything, yes, there they are fully competent and fully capable, which is completely opposite in real life, right where the fear of incompetency and the fear of being incapable are very rampant, right. So the fear of not being enough and the fear of not knowing how to be, those things are rampant in real life. But in porn land, in porn land, you're fully competent and fully capable. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's that's one one of the big reasons why people, well, men still struggle with porn inside of marriage. Now, for women in marriage, their experience with porn is a little different. Right? Now, in marriage, for women, they experience porn in a little different way. See, mm-hmm. right. their, their greatest fear inside of a marriage it's different than those two that men struggle with for women. Their greatest fear is the fear of disconnection. Mm-hmm. They have a fear of not being connected to their husbands emotionally, physically, even spiritually. Right. right. Wives thrive off of feeling connected both physically and emotionally to their husbands. And when there's division, it is extremely uncomfortable and fearful for them. Mm, right. So true. Wives who feel that they have lost their ability to control the connection that they have in their marriages have a higher chance of resorting to porn. Um, Now, most women probably won't admit it, but you know, when there's a lack of connection, they find it in other places. Believe me, behind closed
1: doors, uh, women talk about it with their friends, but Mm -hmm. they definitely a lot of times won't talk about it in public. Yep.
0: Yep. Now, now the truth is obviously less women indulge in porn than men. Right. And even fewer wives do so, but nevertheless, it still happens. Yes. Now it's not that. Oh, let me say this. Go ahead and say that baby.
1: Even if wives don't totally dive into like full-fledged porn, some wives get off on like the magic mics and the chocolate See? cities yep. and that type of stuff. Uh-huh. So that's 50 borderline sa- 50 too. So if you getting your fix off of that type of stuff too, then you borderline mm-hmm. as well. So think about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's also because of that disconnection or fear of you know being disconnected from your husband. Yeah,
0: and I'm gonna actually talk about that really quickly. Obviously, less women indulge in porn than men, and even fewer wives do so. But nevertheless, it still happens. It's not that huge of a temptation for women because women find very quickly that although porn is visually stimulating, so it's a visual temptation, but it, it at least in marriage, they they're more interested in connection, and so. Porn doesn't give the type of connection for a woman that they're really desiring that it does for men. Mm
1: -hmm. That's true. Because
0: women use porn differently than men. Yeah. Now that don't get me wrong. There are women who have addictions Mm -hmm. and women who may have been exposed for a long extended period of time. And now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's more of a habit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the most part, it's more likely that a man will struggle with it than a woman. Right. I agree. Um, Now, With that said, however, some women do find connection in porn land. Just like they find connection in books or movies like Fifty Shades of Grey or, like you said, Magic Mike or Chocolate City. Chocolate City or whatever movie or TV show that portrays a relationship where the woman gets her emotional needs met through the transaction of sex. Right. And usually that's how women find connection is through the transaction. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to get their emotional needs met, and their greatest weapon. Is sex. Mm-hmm. and So you'll usually see a woman and whatever movie you watch using the transaction of sex to increase her connection with that person. Mm-hmm. It's usually how it goes. Think about it like this. And I'm going to say something that may be a little bit more controversial, especially for married folk, but I'm just going to say it and I'll deal with the backlash later. <laughs> um, but think about it like this. If men are tempted to give themselves to porn, women are tempted to commit porn. I'm going to pause there just so I can get everybody uncomfortable. And now I'm going to clean it up. <laughs> now, I don't mean that they are tempted to create the latest sex tape. right? <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to try to get your Kim Kardashian on, Uh-oh. but instead they commit porn through their lifestyles. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying you, unless I'm talking to you, unless you've done this before and you know, I'm talking to you if it's you, but women may dress and even behave in a manner because they know men are sensory that will capture the attention and imagination of a man so as to increase the potential of connection. So if you think about it, look at any billboard, look at any magazine, you'll see what I mean. Now, again, I'm not talking about all married women because not all married, most married women probably won't do this, but some of y'all will, right? Change how you look. Uh, for the husband or for other men? To, to, it could be for the husband, but it, all, it, all, it can also be in general. Mm -hmm. right when they're out in the community when they're at the gym when they're at work Mm -hmm. you know you may wear things that may accentuate your breasts more your booties Mm -hmm. more right Mm -hmm. you may take pictures that a little bit more you know you may push things up so that the you know that things more yeah so (laughs) i'm just saying women are more likely to do that because men are sensory Mm -hmm. and if they're looking to capture the attention of a man what better way to do that than the power of seduction right? And think about it. There is power in seduction. Look at any biblical story where any man has failed. Most powerful men fall because of seduction, because of a woman. Mm -hmm. Not because of a woman. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's your fault. But they fall because of their desire for a woman. Yeah. And women use that, right? That's why you watch things like Scandal. Mm -hmm. Because you see a woman in power, but she's not in power because of her intellect. She's in what? She's, I guess, intellectual. Witty, I guess. She's witty, but she benefits off of positioning herself to be seductive right? Through, through the power of seduction. And women know how to leverage that power very well. Now, I'm not saying as a wife, you are going around seducing men. I'm not saying that. So please don't turn off the show because you hear me clear, loud and clear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you guys know how to, to leverage the power of seduction. And you may have at some point in your life became an object of the sexual desire of a man. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And if it's you, it's you. If it's not you, then I ain't talking to you, okay? <laughs> um, but think about this, and, and women know this. Men are always aware of a woman's body. Mm-hmm. I don't care what he says. I don't. I don't care if he's the most saint of them all. He's always aware of a woman's body. Now, I'm not saying that he's lusting. He's always lusting because that is a taboo. That you know, men are always lusting. They're always thinking about sex. That's not true. But men are always aware of a woman's body. Right. Right. Here. All he within. I think the same is said for women. Like when a woman meets a man, or when she sees a man that she deems to be visually pleasurable, she'll give him an up and down look. You know right, right, right. So Number once like, over, like I know, I know Mandy look at other men. I'm not, a, I'm not immune to that, right? right and I
1: know David it, looks at other <laughs> men.
0: She ain't gonna sit here and say she tell me. She ain't gonna tell me she look at other men, but I know Mandy, <laughs> right? And I know what Mandy's attracted to. And so mm-hmm. if she sees a man life, that Marcia,
1: yeah, fits yeah. the bill,
0: she's gonna give him an up and down. That now that. But think about this, guys. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's usually how we meet each other is, is, is that first initial, that first, real, <laughs> 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 that first physical attraction. And that isn't lust. That's not lust. Okay. Lust is that line that you cross when it becomes an idol in your life when you sneak a couple more looks and all of a sudden now you take that image and you're fantasizing and that becomes the throne of your life. That becomes lust. Yeah. But if you you look to say, wow, that person is attractive, which, you know, I value beauty, right. Whether it's a beautiful car or a beautiful woman or, you know, like a beautiful book or a poor, a poem that was written beautifully or a painting. I appreciate that. Or music. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I think that's how God designed us. Mm -hmm. So that's not wrong. What's wrong is taking that line, going to that line and, And taking a nosedive across it. Yeah. You know, so, but anyway, like I said, men are always aware of a woman's body and women know that about as men. And so they can leverage that, that Mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, for the sake of time, I want to shift gears because I know we were about to go down some controversial roads and (laughs) um, I don't mind talking about this. And I'm not saying that we're the source of fact, meaning everything we say is true. Um, A lot of it is research bound though. So it's, it's supported by data. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I do want to shift gears real fast. Um and discuss the three main areas that porn impacts the most inside of a marriage, and then I want to talk a little bit about what needs to happen in all three of those areas in order to break free of its influence. Mm-hmm. How's that sound, baby? Or do yeah, you have anything you good. want to add before we move on? I think we got it. Got it in. Okay, because I, I mean, there's so much more to talk it about. It is, though. but I'm just I'm, I don't want to rush through it, but I want to make sure that I'm not on here for a full hour with you. Um. So okay, let let me talk about the three. Uh, areas three main areas that porn impacts the most inside of a marriage. Number one, this is probably the number one area that porn impacts the most. And I know from personal experience, and I can tell you guys a story about our honeymoon, if you really don't believe me. Um, but the number one area that porn impacts the most is in marriage is the perception of sex with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right now I have worked with many men, many men who have admitted to me in secret that they would often rather watch porn and masturbate than have sex with their wives. Mm. I know that's, that's a problem, but I've worked with many men who have had that desire where they would often rather go to porn land and do their business there than have sex with their wives. Mm. Think, think about it this way, right? After viewing porn filled with perfectly shaped women doing wild and provocative and perverted acts, a man will naturally have a difficult time becoming stimulated by, let's say, his 40-year-old average-looking reserved wife, right? Let's say she's reserved. She you know, she doesn't look like a woman in porn, which most women don't. He's going to have a difficult time being stimulated by her if he spent all his time in porn land. Now, not only does porn present a higher level of sexual excitement than married sex for that man, but it also allows a man to have sex on his own terms. Porn allows a man to have sex on his own terms because porn is always available. Porn is never too busy. Porn is always inviting. It doesn't criticize, right? It doesn't require foreplay or patience. It isn't dependent on feeling close. Remember we talked about that connection thing, right? And it never has a headache in porn land, right? Um, And so when a guy is engaged in this type of sexual outlet, his sexuality becomes centered on his immediate need and demands or his immediate needs and demands. The prospect mm-hmm. of working through the messy issues of marital intimacy is pretty unattractive at this point. Now let's be real. Marital intimacy is something that has to be nurtured, something that has to be groomed. Mandy and I, yeah. we've dealt with this before, yeah. right? It's, and it's a constant thing. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a garden that will always bring both fruit and weeds. Right. So you have to be attentive Right. And so but a lot of times it becomes that desire is not pleasurable for men, especially if they spend any amount of time in Portland. Right. So now let me talk a little bit because that's just one area that I mean, we can go even deeper with that. But let me let's talk a little bit about what needs to happen in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so improving this area can be like I believe to be rather difficult, uh, especially because you can't necessarily unlearn an image. Like you can't erase an image from your brain, you can only change your relationship to that image, mm. right? And so, for yeah. a lot of times, yeah. men have they've programmed themselves to see sex a certain way, or to see beauty a certain way. Just look at any magazine cover, right? And you'll you'll be able to tell. It just we've and this is society as well, mm-hmm. right? And so, just something that we've all been indoctrinated with, but for men, they will have to embrace. And this is something that men struggle to do because, again, they like perfection. But men will have to embrace imperfection Mm -hmm. and grow in their ability to reroute their sexual energy to healthier and appropriate things. Mm -hmm. Again, sex is not a bad thing. Having sexual energy is not a bad thing. It's natural. It's normal. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes an idol in your life, that's when it becomes unhealthy, especially to your marriage. Mm -hmm. And so often you may have sexual energy that you don't want to route to sex with your wife. Mm -hmm. Energy is energy. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is take that energy and reroute it to something that's pro social or healthy, right. Productive, Mm -hmm. right. Whether it's going to the gym, whether it's investing in your purpose and passion or a new hobby, uh, something that will allow you to express that energy because it's, it's energy. It's not just sexual energy. It's still energy. Right. Okay. Um, for wives, uh, they will have to work harder, to make sure that they don't make their husbands responsible for their own emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Your desire for connection is not your husband's fault. And don't make him responsible for you feeling connected because he's not perfect. He's imperfect, meaning there's going to be times when he fails at making you feel, or actually, let me go a step further, when he fails at connecting to you. Right. And So if your feelings of connection is only based on him wanting and desiring you, then you've already lost the battle. Yeah, exactly. What do you got to say about that, baby?
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's something that I definitely had to learn myself. Um, because like David said, we're, you know, we're only human and we are all going to fall short sometimes. And God forbid, if something happened to David where he was no longer in my life, yeah. I would have to be responsible for my own, you know, connection with other people. And it's just what my happens own if well-being. I'm paralyzed
0: and I, I can't get an erection. Yeah. What happens then? Or mm-hmm. do you all of a sudden experience the rest of your life not feeling connected to me? Right. Or do we have to find different ways to express that desire for connection?
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, really take a look at that. I mean, because I know there's some, some women out there are probably like, well, shoot, it is his responsibility. But hopefully after we gave you those examples, you'll be able to be, be able to look at it more objectively. Yeah. Um, Because there are people out there that are in situations like that. There are widows out there. There are people who have a spouse who is will- wheelchair bound yeah. and they can't connect like maybe what you would want to connect. Essentially. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. There's no, yeah. So, I mean, that's a good point. Now, let me talk about if you're a spouse. Now, if you're a spouse to someone who has these struggles, make sure to leave no room for competition. Right? Like if you notice that your spouse deems you as normal or regular then maybe it's okay to step up your up your game a little bit in that area don't lower your attractiveness just because you've already been married right. or you've already gotten married right if you were very sexually alluring and appealing when you guys were dating and you were doing certain things looking a certain way or smelling a certain way right just because you married don't mean you got to let your breath smell
1: mm-hmm. just being honest
0: right <laughs> right just because you married don't mean you got to stop getting your hair done or your nails No' of no stuff that you know that your husband or your wife i guess if not a dude getting your nails done, but even with a dude, just because you're married don't mean you got to lose your six pack. Right. Yeah. I mean, just you, you was, you was buff when y'all met and all of a sudden you get lazy when you get married. Mm. Now you leave leaving room for competition and then she gonna watch magic Mike and some young guy with abs are going to, you know, pop and roll on screen. And she's going to see that and be like, <laughs> that's, that's attractive. Cause you, you ain't popping and rolling nothing. But the Xbox controller. Uh-oh, no. Uh-oh. Step your game up. Don't okay? pop and roll the Xbox okay, controller. Let me move forward because I don't want to yeah. <laughs> But anyway, you know, make sure to also create opportunities where you both can discuss your perception of sex as it relates to one another.
1: Right.
0: All right. Let me move to the second uh thing because uh, again, this, there's so much here. So much here. Uh but I'm talking about three areas that um porn impacts the most in marriage. Mm-hmm. The second area that porn impacts impacts the most in the marriage is trust and true intimacy. Mm. Now, most, if not all wives, I don't know if they'll admit it, but if they're being honest, will consider their husband viewing pornography as cheating, Mm. right? Another woman, even if it's just her image has been introduced into your relationship. And now she's having, and now you're having to compete with the image of the other woman. Mm -hmm. And often the other woman, that image of her is perfect. And it's exactly the way your husband likes it, where you may not be. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you may have a few babies and now your body has changed. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it puts pressure on you to have to compete with something that's not even real. Exactly. Something that's staged. Right. Now, continual viewing of porn will erode the trust built in your marriage until it is gone completely. Mm -hmm. And so the more he or she views it, the more trust will be eroded. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the ability to actually feel intimate or to experience intimacy together will also wear away as your trust wears away. Mm. And so, you know, going and dealing with porn and spending more time in porn land is a surefire way to disrupt the trust and the intimacy. And as a result, as a result, with a lack of trust and true intimacy, a person is more likely to be selfish and self-centered, not only during sex, but in also other areas of their marriage. Mm. And so you want to, pay close attention to that because if you're eroding the trust and the intimacy, uh, then you're going to be very selfish. You're going to present yourself as very selfish, you know? So let's talk a little bit about what needs to happen in this area real fast. And then we're going to move to the third thing. So what needs to happen in this area? Trust is a two way street, right? To build trust in any relationship, one person has to be trustworthy or worthy of receiving trust while the other person has to be, trusting or able to be vulnerable enough to give trust, right? Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. is something that you give yeah, and it's something that you receive to be trustworthy. You have to be vulnerable, consistent, and accountable. If you have struggled with porn in the past or you are currently struggling with porn, but you would like to build a trust in this area of your marriage, come clean, expose it, mm-hmm. exposure, brings closure right right so come clean to your spouse that's good thank you and develop a plan of action together not by yourself I've seen this fail a lot but when I've worked with a a couple or even an individual and then I brought in the other spouse we we develop a plan of action together right so that you are now decreasing porn's influence in your life Mm -hmm. and you're also positioning yourself to be accountable to someone else If you are a lone ranger trying to beat this habit by yourself, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You you would be amazed. I've worked with, like I said, couples and you would be amazed just talking about it brings more trust and intimacy. Mm -hmm. Just actually exposing the issue and saying, I have this struggle, Mm -hmm. right? That's, I mean, it does amazing to the healing process. Mm -hmm. If, If you are a spouse responsible for giving trust, give it. Give it with the knowledge now. Don't be foolish, okay? You you ain't let me finish. Give it with the knowledge <laughs> that there are no perfect people. So true. Just like you may struggle at times with giving it mm-hmm. consistently, mm-hmm. know that they may struggle at times with relapse, mm-hmm. okay? Expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. That way you don't set yourself up for failure. Right. All right, let me move to the third one because I mean we can I mean we can play in this little all you fill it
1: in your shando. yeah my
0: shonda right down deep, <laughs> but I want to I want to move to the third area where where porn affects marriages the most, uh, and then we're gonna wrap up. The third area that pain affects marriages the most is emotional connection. See, when a spouse struggles with porn in secret, it stifles the emotional connection inside of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Right now, due to the guilt, due to the shame that attaches itself. To the person struggling with the porn, because pain, pain uh, guilt, and shame are like they're like leeches. Mm-hmm. They're like ticks. They just attack them, attach yeah. themselves to you, and then they, yeah. they just take stuff from you, mm-hmm. right? And 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 due to those things, the person struggling with porn will often hide this habit and create barriers around their emotions so that the guilt and the shame doesn't seep out inside of the other areas of their marriage. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're a spouse dealing with someone who's struggling with porn, if you pay close enough attention though, you'll, you'll notice symptoms of this divisive problem. Like you'll start to see them slowly detaching themselves from you or hiding or right. You, you'll start to notice that there are some warning signs or writing on the wall that this person is struggling with something. You may not know it's porn, mm-hmm. but you'll begin to see that there's are some areas that they're struggling in. Mm-hmm. Porn is also linked to depression, stress, and anxiety. Right. Most of the men who I've worked with in person, they have actually admitted to struggling with uh depression, with anxiety um, and actually on a daily basis. They say they struggle with depressive thoughts and anxious thinking on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And often they also report being overwhelmed by the stressors of life mm-hmm. and using porn as a way no to escape. escape. So they escape right to porn land. Mm-hmm. And it's usually at night. Right. And it's usually when they are bored, they don't have any other direction or anything to do in life. And so Mm. they're just allowing all of their energy to be seeped from them or sucked from them in porn in porn land. Wow. Um, Yeah. And so, again, like I said, they often feel lost in life and useless for their marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found that a lack of purpose uh, invites porn. Mm. Say that again. A lack of purpose invites porn. So if you don't have purpose in life or you're not driven by something, you're going to be driven to porn land.
1: Yeah, you need to you need to package that. We need to put that as a yeah. quote, like hashtag. on Facebook or some hashtag. Some
0: <laughs> lack of purpose. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing how that works. Um, and my thoughts are that you know mm, feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress heightens a person's desire to escape to porn land. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're dealing with these things and you're not having a healthy outlet, uh, ex- expect porn to come knocking, mm-hmm. or at least expect the temptation to come knocking knock and, and invite you to porn land. So, let's talk about what needs to happen in this area, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. Been been meaty. (laughs) It is a lot. So, if you need to go back through this and listen again, go ahead and do it. Now, for both men and women who struggle with the emotional connection being gone or stifled, they will need to come to terms with their own emotional wounds. Mm -hmm. Most adults are carrying around childhood wounds. Childhood Mm -hmm. emotional wounds. Yes. And we often avoid them because we don't think that they have any relevance to our our lives. Mm -hmm. Embracing the pain of your past and choosing to heal is very important. Right. Now, obviously, there are tons of options that one can use like counseling, coaching, Mm -hmm. um, you know, spiritual advice and, you know, reading the Bible. Uh, There's a lot of books out there. Um, There's tons of options and tons of things. But the point here is that choosing to go through the healing process instead of using porn as an outlet, is the most healthiest thing to do in this mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm. Choose to go through the healing process and know that going so through true. the healing process is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a spouse of someone dealing with this, make sure that you create a safe place. Mm-hmm. We started the, the uh, podcast by talking about the importance of having a safe place as it pertains to talking about these really serious but often taboo issues in marriage. Right. So create a safe place. Make sure that they don't feel defensive around you. They will at first. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, that shouldn't discourage you, mm-hmm. but continue to be consistent with that. Create that safe place. Right. Be uh, open. Yeah, be open. And, you know, do so where they're not, make sure they're not penalized for their struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a couple and the wife did an excellent job of, and she had her own issues with it, mm-hmm. right? That she had to work through, but she did an excellent job of not making him feel defensive about his struggle mm-hmm. with porn.
1: Yeah. She you didn't know? condemn him and yeah. things like that.
0: Yeah. Openness and honesty in terms of this communication is key. Mm-hmm. Being open and honest is key. Right. You know, and okay, let's do this. So let's stop here because we've given a lot of information. Um, but this is just the tip of the iceberg, y'all mm-hmm. for real. Like it really is. There's so much more that we can dive into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to make, I don't I, I don't want two things. I don't want to do a part two right now. Um, and I don't want to spend another hour going through this, but I'm assuming at some point we're going to have to do a part two, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's so much other areas of marriage to discuss, but we're going to have to do a part two. So, um, we'll, we'll have to, at some point, spend more time focusing on ways to over- overcome porn. Right. We talked about how porn still affects marriages, but mm-hmm. I want to spend more time giving solutions. So maybe we'll do a part two at some point where we we'll talk about that. And and I'll, I'll defer to the listeners. If you guys want a part two sooner than later, just say it. Just email us, text us, Facebook message us. Say, look, we need a part two. We want to know the solutions. Right. Because again, there are tons and tons of resources out there. Exactly. From. In the meantime, though, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you know, you can email us at info at mendourmarriage.com if you would like more a more personalized approach. Like if you want to work with us personally for counseling, or even coaching in this area, mm-hmm. email us and just ask us and, and mm-hmm. say, Hey, we'd like to, you guys got any slots and uh, we'll get you set up, you know, we'll get you set up.
1: And even uh, if you're working on, you know, really rebuilding your intimacy, uh, we do have a new DVD, a new DVD out called rated in for marriage. Mm, so check that
0: out as well. It like it's hot. <laughs> no, like the DVD, I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, that's good. That's good. So, okay. Before we wrap up, I do want to share one thing with you guys. I want to give a shout out again to all of our patrons, all of those who have decided to financially support uh, the livelihood of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you guys to listen to this real fast and then we will be done. We'll be back to wrap up. Hi guys. I want to introduce you to Patreon. You may have never heard about Patreon, but allow me to share with you what this resource is all about. Patreon is simply a way for all of our listeners, our supporters, and those who feel that they have benefited from our message to show their gratitude. See, our business, Mend Our Marriage, has grown tremendously over the past three years. And as a result... We have been extremely busy with our coaching services, our counseling services, our three-day intensives, as well as our books, the Facebook groups, and the many, many behind-the-scenes things that we do to keep the business running. We've been so blessed, yes, blessed, that Mandy now works full-time from home with me. But the bigger we have grown, the busier we have gotten. And as a result... We have had to take away time from things like recording podcast episodes to actually working with the many marriages and clients that pay us for our services. And because of that, you, the listeners, have missed out on our new podcast episodes. Quite frankly, we just haven't had time to produce them. Patreon changes that. Patreon makes us accountable to producing new shows. Because you, the listener, can now make a monthly pledge that can finance our podcast production. With the new financial stream that Patreon provides, we can move away from having to work so much with our clients to being free enough to work for all of our listeners through our Mastering Marriage podcast. Patreon is a crowdfunded system that lets you make a monthly pledge of whatever amount you want. And what do you get for your support with us? Besides, of course, the love and appreciation? Well, let me share a few things that you'll get in return. You'll get everything from a heartfelt thanks, free counseling sessions, discounts on events and services, shirts, everybody likes shirts, Facebook Live Q&As, outtakes and bonus content, all the way to the -the behind-the-curtain look at how the shows come together. And an even sneak peek at our new books and other projects. And by the way, Mandy has something new coming, (laughs) y'all. We're not just doing this to get rich, by the way. The funds that we raise here will go towards improving the show, upgrading our equipment, and covering the various other expenses that pop up as we move forward. Whether you just want to say thank you or you want to access some of our cool rewards, this Patreon is for you. Check out our list of pledge rewards and milestones and help make the Mastering Marriage podcast even more impactful. Will you help us break the back of divorce? If you would like to help in any way, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Mastering Marriage. That's www.patreon.com dot com forward slash mastering marriage. Okay, so thanks you guys for listening to that. Um, you don't have to, but for all those who feel a desire or a, you know, a leading to support us in this manner. Yeah. Uh, please, please go ahead and do so. We would appreciate it. We do appreciate it. This is how we're going to continue with these podcast episodes, mm-hmm. right? Because we have so many other things that we're doing and building. We just got through dropping a DVD. Mandy's book is dropping. And then, then I got a book dropping. And so we got, <laughs> our time is so divided, but we still want to give these type of uh, resources to you. So if, if, if Patreon is something that you want to invest in for us, please do so. Please do so. And then lastly, um, and then lastly, please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher Radio and leave an honest rating and review for this podcast. We would love to hear from you. we would definitely love to hear from you. The more people who subscribe to these podcast episodes and leave reviews and ratings, the more people will have access to these types of divorce destroying resources. Uh, So we will appreciate that as well. We love y'all. We're going to be back for episode number 58 soon. Um, But in the meantime, you know, be blessed and we'll talk to y'all later. Yes, yes. Do still still